Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking uncommon sense about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring, teaching, and coaching business. Now, in today's Tutor Podcast, we'll be looking again at habits, diving deep into habits, which I think of as being the machinery of success. Thinking about how to make them work better for us in our business and our personal lives. Now, like any machine, the machinery of success, the habit mechanism, is subject to upgrade and obsolescence. So wherever you are and whatever your habits are at the moment, just start with what you've got. You're not going to be perfect. Don't wait to be perfect. There's an old Italian proverb which was quoted by Voltaire as being the perfect is the enemy of the good. If you're waiting to get everything perfect, you won't even start. And this is true across everything, not just in terms of constructing and managing and maintaining your habit mechanism. Part of the process is identifying what's already happening in your life and then start to aggregate marginal gains. These are the little small changes that add up and compound one another over time. Just like British Cycling did under David Brailsford, they went from nowhere to dominance by making small changes checking the effect of the changes, adding another one. So essentially, 1% at a time, over and over again, from nowhere to becoming a world power. So we're looking at acquiring more of the good, positive habits we've got and eliminating or reducing the negative or bad habits we have. This is going to allow us to get more done, to be more productive, to get better quality work done and to raise our game within business and life to make more efficient and more effective use of our time to reduce the time pressure on us now we can either manage our habits or they will end up managing us i reckon that we get to choose now historically i've been reasonably good at this but it's always a work in progress and there's always slipped back to put right and improvements to be made along the way so if you're not already in the process of doing this, then I suggest you start to purposefully build an ecosystem of habits, your machinery of success that's going to work for you. Bear in mind, it's not going to be perfect right out of the box. You're just aiming to start with version one. So it's a test. The purpose of the test is to gather some data so that you can go back, tweak the machinery, lubricate it, upgrade it, Replace the worn out parts and fit new, better ones. A great question here is to ask yourself, if I wasn't already doing this, would I choose to start doing it now? Would I want to get into it now? Once you've got version 1 built and you test it, you can start on version 1.1, then 1.2, optimising your machinery of success and constantly maintaining it. So where to begin? The whole purpose of having a habit machine is to get you the outcomes that you want. Now, if you're not sure what your outcomes are, your design is going to be sketchy at best. If you have no idea what they are, 
then what chance have you got? You don't know what success is like, so anything will do. So design your outcome. What do you want the machinery of your day-to-day habits to produce for you? Is it more money, more time spent with your family, more reading time, better management of your business, whatever it is that's important to you? Ask yourself what resources are available to you. What's the the machinery of your habits going to be made of? And it's essentially just location and time. Location is where the things happen and time is when they happen. Another component really is your energy, your focus. The very best thing to do now is to identify and write down what are called critical factors. These are the things that have to happen day to day for you. They're not negotiable. Top priority is look after your health. There's no point being wealthy and successful if you're not healthy. And if you're not healthy, it's going to be very difficult for you to become wealthy, successful and productive. So make time for that on your schedule. Think of your family and your social life. There's no point being great in business if your home life is falling apart at the seams. And then as your business activities, your fee-generating activities, how much time you're spending with clients, other ways of generating your business. And finally, there's the business control and management that you really have to pay attention to, or you'll end up with a big bag full of receipts just towards the last week in January, mad flap, trying to get your business accounts done for self-assessment. I believe that it's essential to identify your non-negotiables is we're going to try and cluster activities around those things to conjoin and enchain activities. So what do you currently do every single day? These are the things that you're already doing. So it's going to be easier to attach a new habit to something that's already happening because you haven't got to construct it out of thin air. De novo, if you like. So where do you do it? When do you do it? You attach your new habits onto those things where and when they happen. There are two ways of doing this. One I call piggybacking and the other one's tailgating. Now, piggyback habits are performed simultaneously, sort of stacked on the top of what you're already doing. So a good example for me is when I'm driving, I've stacked the habit of listening to audiobooks and podcasts onto that. I've actually called it my four-wheel university. I've read over 700 books over and over again. I'm still counting just while driving around. I'll listen to audiobooks when I'm shopping, when I'm running, when I'm on the spin bike or on the rowing machine. Uh, tend not to do it when I'm doing very high intensity, highly focused resistance training. What this has done for me over the years is eliminate the constant interruption of traffic bulletins, bad news bulletins and the inane jabber of disc jockeys who assume that their listeners have an IQ of about two and an attention span of 15 and a half seconds. I'm not interested in celebrity gossip. I'm not interested in the vast majority of what goes on. I don't want to be exposed to commercial messages on radio. Turn off the radio, get yourselves your audio books, put them on your phone. I'm still using an iPad because I've got hundreds and hundreds of books on there. 
And I never know when a tangent's going to send me off chasing to listen to another book for the second or third or fourth time. So that's piggybacking, doing one thing at the same time you're doing something else. The next is tailgating. Now, tailgating is, what is for instance, following someone through a barrier in order to gain entry where you shouldn't go. It's a sequential, close coupling of one activity to another. Now, this is kind of simple. If you, for instance, as I do, close down your teaching room at the end of the night, do it sequentially, one thing after another. So for me, I cash up, I do the card machine, I check my mobile phones and emails, restore the room's default layout, run the hoover around it, then I go to the gym while I'm listening to an audio book, do my workout, my Wing Chun, that's Chinese Kung Fu drills. I return home, listen to more audiobooks, take a shower, brush my teeth, look at my plans for tomorrow, write my journal, read for 10 minutes and then go to bed. That's one block of habits, all chained one after another. And those tailgated habits have become a flow of events. Initially, they were very lumpy and inconsistent, but they've become smoothed out over time and with repetition. Now it just all happens naturally. So the point here is to build out blocks of time where your sequenced habits happen. So it could be a morning habit where you wake up, grab an espresso, write your journal, do my Wing Chun drills in the morning, weigh in, to make sure I'm not putting on weight and maintaining my health, shower, brush teeth, then start to write. That's the morning block. And that all happens incidentally before I turn on the phone. I'll touch on that in a moment. So what I suggest you do is draw up a model week for yourself. Ask yourself, what would the person I most want to become do on a day-to-day basis? Now, I like to do this on paper. I'm a real paper geek. So I drew up a week-to-view calendar for myself. I marked up the best days and the times for the non-negotiables. When I was going to be working, when I'm spending time with my son, my friends, my family, when I'm in the gym the things that I'm not prepared to move on. Then I started to add in my desirable habit blocks. And once they were in place and I figured out it was all going to work reasonably well, I added in everything else. Now, as I said, touching on the phone thing, I strongly recommend that whilst you're designing a model week, you designate times when you will turn the phone on and when you'll turn it off and stick to them. For me, the phone goes on at 9 o'clock in the morning, goes off at 10 o'clock at night. Outside of that, nothing's going to happen. If it's an emergency, there's a landline and the coroner will be able to find me if anything bad happens to someone important. This allows me to preserve my attentional time for doing what matters most. It gives me distraction-free time when I'm not worrying about whether the phone's pinged, whether one of my friends is having a meltdown. They know... From 10 o'clock onwards, I'm not available. So I'll have to save their meltdowns for when I am available. Now, just having this basic structure to the week and each day makes a massive difference. They're comparatively easy gains. And the big one for me was that it made me think about what I was doing, which I call daft activity. And especially the travelling. I was doing a lot of travelling that was unnecessary. So the structure gave me clarity 
it gave me certainty and a sense of purpose. Every morning when I woke up, I knew what the day was going to roll out like. So once you've got this basic template built, so it's only version one, remember, transfer it across to your diary. Mark up next week as to what's going to happen. Whether that's paper or digital, just mark it up and test it. As I said, I'm paper-based because paper doesn't crash and I like to leave my diary open on my desk. It's a constant reminder of what I want to be doing. It gives me an at-a-glance look at the week ahead. So if something should arise, I know what I'll have to move to take up an opportunity, which tells me what the opportunity cost of taking up that invitation is going to be. And it tells me where my buffer time is, where I can get other things done. So trial that diary template for a month or two. Make your immediate corrections to the glaringly obvious problems. And over the course of the test, notice the subtle changes and implement new behaviours and new habits as you go. Just ask yourself, is life going more smoothly? If it is, just notice what's working and figure out how you can get more of the good stuff. If it's not working, what's making it not work for you? You're always going to be testing. Start with an idea that you might get 10% improvement or 20%. You get to 30% or more improvement over time. Remember that even 10% improvement is way better than having an unstructured and unproductive chaotic week. Habits are so powerful. And either we manage our habits or they will manage us. Having an awareness of your habit structure is vital to controlling the chaos in your life. So do build yourself a habit machine. It's a machine that's built to serve you. And just start with version one, the imperfect first iteration. Then version 1.1, 1.2. Just like the iPhone started with version one, iPhone two, iPhone three, and so on. It's what is it, iPhone 10 now or something. The originals weren't crap. Well, maybe the new ones are better. If you have that kind of a, a mindset about how the systems and the machinery of your life works, you won't beat yourself up for having something that's not perfect yet. Keep on making those little changes. What I know for myself is that habits are probably the one thing that separates successful people from unsuccessful people. Because what you do day to day is who you are. The real test of a person is what they do consistently. Talk is cheap, but behaviour will tell you who someone really is. A person will always revert to their normal behaviour, their habits, and that reversion to the norm will quickly expose a fraud. It'll show us who that person really is. It'll even show us who we are, because your habits are your norms. And we get to decide what they are. And when we decide what our habits are going to be and how we're going to move through the world, we consciously choose to define ourselves and become the person that we would most like to be. So summing this up then, take control of your habits because they'll define who you become over the course of the rest of your life. 
if you want to get more into habits, there are lots of books about habits out there, but I'll recommend three. These are all on audio, of course, so you can piggyback them onto driving and pottering around. There are links in the podcast description. First book is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And the link, as I said, is in the podcast description. The Power of Habit is the second one, subtitled Why We Do What We Do and How to Change by a guy called Charles Duhigg. And the third one is Do More Great Work by Michael Bungay Stania. Or Stania, I think it's Stania. All good books, all worth a listen. They'll just expand on the points I've made here. So, get busy building your habit machine. If you've not already done so, start thinking about it. If you're already doing it, start tweaking. And let me know how you get on and what you do. If it helps you as much as it's helped me over the years, taking control of your habit is way, way worth your time. Get back to me and let me know what's happening because I'm listening. I'm here to learn from you guys as well as talk and share what I've learned. I'm really interested in how other people make their tutoring and coaching businesses work for them because I realize I don't have all the answers. I have a few answers that work for me and what I've learned and what other people have taught me. Do get in touch via info at neilcamera.com and remember to follow me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcasts. So click and subscribe to the Tutor Podcast and you'll automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. And we'll wrap up for today. Join me next time on the Tutor Podcast where it's all about how to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.